Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. This week's episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast is all about how to have a Wishes Collection event at Walt Disney World for the minimum expenditures, and that includes the new lower minimum expenditures that Disney has introduced. But before we get started, I wanted to clear up some questions and misconceptions I've seen since this new feature was announced, and just explain a little bit about how it works. So this new option is basically a discount on the existing Wishes collection. It's not a new collection. It's not Wishes 2.0 or Wishes Lite. It's having a Wishes event, but if you meet certain criteria, you don't have to meet the higher minimums. So what are those criteria? Basically, this is designed for groups between 20 people, which is the minimum you have to have in order to have wishes, and 75 people. It's for events that take place on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and they must be brunch or lunch receptions that last no more than three hours. So if you meet these criteria, you can have what Disney is calling a catered event experience, and it works sort of like the old discounts of yore during the recession. So the ceremony location fees are the same as for wishes, but the food and beverage minimums are lower. So you only have to meet a $100 per person minimum for a brunch event, and you only have to meet a $125 per person minimum for a lunch event, and that's a discount of $25 off the usual minimums for receptions at those times of day. Now, the other discount you're getting is the enhancement minimum expenditure, which is basically the minimum you must spend on everything else you can get from Disney, whether it's transportation or entertainment or floral and decor. For this catered event experience, it's only $3,000. For the regular wishes collection, it starts at $5,000 and then it goes up depending on day of the week. So again, think of this like a discount on regular wishes. And if you fall into those criteria or you can arrange your wedding to meet those criteria, you can have the lower minimums applied to you. All the same rules and restrictions apply. Yes, you're going to get those annual passes that come with wishes. Everything else applies. The cost of the various reception venues, that's all the same. They have some menus they'll send you, some suggested menus that fall within these new $100 or $125 per person minimums. But again, just like a regular Wishes event, everything is customizable. If you want to have steak at brunch, you can totally have steak. They will make that happen. So with that said, on with the show. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about how to have a wishes wedding for the minimum. That would be Disney's minimum expenditures. There's a set of them that you have to meet for different aspects of the wedding and whether or not it's possible to do. 
So my guest today is Jessica Scott, who is planning her wishes wedding and has just gotten to the BEO stage, which is where they send you back an outline of your budget and how much everything is going to cost and has managed to bring her wedding in at the minimum. So we'll talk about how she did that. I'll talk about how I did that. And then we'll go through some ideas for how you can keep your wedding to the minimum if that's what your goal is. So welcome, Jessica. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. So first, can you tell my listeners a little bit about what you're planning? We are having a wishes wedding, and we are having it September 22nd at Seabreeze Point. We're doing a 10 a.m. ceremony on a Tuesday, and then we're doing our brunch reception at the attic. Then we're just going to kind of have free range around Epcot after everything's over. Okay, cool. So can you just give us a little bit of an idea of what kinds of things you guys did so that you could keep your budget at the minimum that Disney requires you to spend? One of the first things that we decided when we changed our mind from Escape to Wishes was book outside photography because the photography packages at Disney are pretty expensive. And at the time we were booking, they did not include the archival disc. So to us, with that eating up about 70% of the minimum expenditure, we decided that although it would be going over the Disney budget, it would save us money in the long run because we would be able to do so much more with the minimum enhancement with the Disney touches, like the characters and that kind of thing. So that was one of the first things we decided to do. And that's a good point we should probably talk about is when is it better to actually use an outside vendor even though it won't count toward the minimum? Yeah, because we were able to book Randy Chapman and it was a great difference from even the lowest cost package through Disney. And then we really just wanted to have a nice casual fun wedding, something that everyone was really looking forward to coming in terms of our guests. And so we kept it pretty light. We refrained from a lot of extra stuff on our floral BEO and we didn't do like a lot of fancy add-ons. We pretty much kept it simple. So everything that we are adding to it is an experience for our guests. That's great. That's a good point because, yeah, it, it's good to remember that this is also for the guests, and sometimes it's nice to to really consider that when you're deciding where to put your money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll just talk about my wedding a little bit. We were able to bring our wedding in at $69 over the minimum when we had our wishes wedding, which will be chiseled on my headstone, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we were able to do that by having a brunch wedding like Jessica. The cool thing we're going to talk about in a minute is when you have a brunch wedding, you can get away with not serving booze, which is going to save you a lot of money. And then we just made a lot of trade-offs. We had no floral and decor at our reception, but we also used the attic like Jessica and it is so themed that we didn't feel it needed anything extra. And at the same time, we were able to splurge on some things that you would think maybe would put you over the budget. So we had a friendship boat that took us from our ceremony to our reception. And then we also did a Magic Kingdom portrait session, which is a considerable chunk of change. So today, Jessica and I will give you some ideas about how you can do this so that you can do trade-offs. Spend less on the things you don't want, and then you can afford the things that you do want and still stick to the minimums. 
So before we get started talking about ways to save money, first I'm just going to go over the way the various minimum expenditures work for wishes. And this has just become a little bit more complicated, but in a cool way, because Disney has just released a new cheaper version of wishes. So we're going to talk about how to do both of these. There are basically three minimums that you have to meet with wishes. It's not a package. You're not paying a flat fee and then you get X, Y, and Z. You can build it from the ground up, but you have to be sure that you spend X amount of money in certain categories. So the first one is the ceremony minimum. And for both traditional wishes and new wishes, they don't have a name for it yet, so we'll just say traditional wishes and new wishes, the ceremony minimum must be met, and that is $3,500 for outdoor locations and every theme park except the Magic Kingdom, and then $4,000 for the wedding pavilion. So right off the bat, the way to save money there is not to use the wedding pavilion or the Magic Kingdom, which is 10 grand. (laughs) The next minimum that you have to meet is food and beverage minimums, and these are per person. So for traditional wishes, the cheapest minimum you're ever going to get is $125 per person for brunch. And then with the new package, which is only good at brunch and lunch, you can get these for $100 for brunch or $125 for lunch. So that's a great way to save. And then the enhancement minimum expenditure is the third minimum that you have to meet. And this is basically everything else for your wedding that Disney provides. There are a couple things that don't count. Unfortunately, they no longer count any of the expenses that go along with adding a dessert party, which is a drag, but we'll talk about that in a second, how you can still maybe have something similar. But everything else, if you get flowers from Disney, if you get photography, music, entertainment, transportation, the bare minimum that you must spend on that with traditional wishes is $5,000 from Monday through Wednesday. If you have it on a different day of the week, this number goes up. So you're looking at doing a Monday through Wednesday event. Now the new wishes, it's actually lowered to $3,000, but you have to do it Tuesday through Thursday and it has to be a morning ceremony or a noon ceremony. And some of the other restrictions with the new package, it can only be a three-hour reception, which a lot of us who have had brunch have found is plenty of time because you're usually not doing dancing, or if you are, it's not like a huge Saturday night wedding where you dance until the cow comes home. (laughs) You know, it's more of a casual event, so it doesn't need to be as long. So minimum expenditures for the enhancement, again, these are things like your floral, your decor, your music, your entertainment, your transportation, photography, videography, and your venue rental fee. So some of the reception locations have a venue rental fee. The other thing we should not forget is that this is only for the ceremony and the reception. So again, no dessert party expenses will count. If you have a bridal tea that morning, that used to count, that doesn't count anymore. So all of this enhancement minimum has to be spent on all those elements for the ceremony or the reception. And the last thing not to forget is tax and service charge. So even though with the traditional wishes, technically you can get a minimum down to just under 12000 and with new wishes you can get a minimum down to just under 8500 if you only have 20 people. On top of that, you will be paying a 23% service charge on anything related to food or beverage or a couple other items, and you will also be paying 6.5% sales tax on pretty much everything, including the service charge. Okay, so all that technical stuff out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about how can you do this. You know, I think a lot of brides go into this with a set idea of, I want a Saturday night wedding, I want to have dancing and an open bar and black tie. 
But if you're trying to work on a budget, there are some trade-offs you have to make. Yes. <laughs> so the number one way to save money and to keep your Disney wedding in at the minimum is to have a weekday brunch. So the things to know about that are, one... This is a good thing because then you are not expected to serve booze. I mean, if you want to have mimosas or something, you can. But even your hard-drinking uncle is not going to show up at 9 a.m. and be like, where's the liquor? Well, maybe your hard-drinking <laughs> uncle. <laughs> Jessica, are you guys going to have any kind of alcoholic beverage at your brunch? Yes, we actually did go for a package bar. We chose the lowest, so it's only beer and wine, but because we still had the $125 per person, we got it in even with all of the food because we chose to not have a giant wedding cake for brunch. Because we're only having 30 people we're looking at right now, we didn't want to have a big cake that served 50 because that's their smallest cake they can really do for like a full-size wedding cake. And have it be those hundreds of dollars where we're doing cupcakes for $7.50 a piece. And we got 40 of those and that gave us the room to still be able to do a package bar for three and a half hours, I believe, at $28 per person, I believe. And it worked out because the bar was a little more important to us than the cake was. I've never really envisioned a big fancy wedding cake. So, and some people that's important too, but for us, we were able to let that go to be able to include the bar for the minimum. That's a great point because, you know, for me, I was like, I don't need a bar. But if you are somebody who's like, I don't really care about cake or desserts. I want to have creme brulee or something. That's a great option. Yeah. And it was perfect because we got 40 cupcakes for a third of what some of the wedding cakes cost. I think our cupcakes came in at $300. And then we were able to have popcorn machine brought into the attic on the patio with an attendant. We got that for $7 per person. And we were able to bring that in with the bar and the cupcakes for, I think we're still like $4 under the minimum. Interesting. That's wonderful. And that's a great example of something that seems like a splurge or that will really add that extra touch to your wedding that people will be like, wow, they even got a popcorn machine. Yeah. But here you've managed to make it so that you're actually under your minimum. Mm -hmm. Just by letting go of something that is so customary to a wedding, but you don't really think it's needed for lunch, I guess. Right. And that's a great point because I think for a lot of people, it's a big, especially it seems like mothers of the bride have a lot of trouble shifting their mindset to this wedding is going to be on a weekday and it's going to be a brunch instead of in an evening on a weekend. But by doing that, you have some more interesting avenues opened up to you. Another one is you can have a theme park ceremony because those all take place in the early morning. And so if you're open to brunch, then it makes that flow well because you can go straight from your ceremony to your reception. Mm -hmm. We really did want to have an escape wedding, but we had a fair share of people that really wanted to bring their significant others. So it worked out better for us to have a wishes wedding for everybody that was coming because they got a little weary about the idea of, well, the escape wedding is only a couple hours, so you guys will be invited to this, but we're planning something in Epcot later on, and they're more than welcome to come to this. So that's ultimately what changed our minds between the two. And now everybody can come and everybody 
can experience the whole thing and then we'll still be able to flow into the theme park after and do what we had planned for everybody for the evening. That's great. And that brings up another point that another great thing about having a weekday ceremony is it makes it cheaper for your guests to fly. Now, Jessica, maybe you can speak to flying internationally from Canada to the U.S., but in the U.S., the cheapest days to fly are Tuesday and Wednesday followed by Saturday. So if you're having a Monday wedding or a Tuesday wedding, they can fly out on Saturday, which is a pretty cheap day, and they can fly back on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yes, it is actually ridiculously expensive to fly through Canada. We have some taxes and such that aren't included in American airfare. So we actually travel to the States and fly within the U.S. We live about an hour away from Port Huron, Michigan. So we fly right out of Detroit airport and go to Florida. So Our travel isn't very long. It's about two hours to the airport and then a two and a half hour flight, but it works out. It saves us a lot. That's great. Okay. Great tip for Canadian brides who live near the border. (laughs) Who live near the border, yes. (laughs) Okay. So now the number two way that you can stick to your minimums is keep your guest count low. And this is probably actually the number one way because especially if you're going to do new wishes, you have to have a morning event in order to take advantage of these new discounted prices. So this can be easier because it's a destination wedding. There are a lot more people who aren't going to be able to make it. Traditionally, they say anywhere from 50 to 70% of the people you ask will actually show up at a destination wedding. Disney says that they have a higher response rate because people are like, ooh, Disney. But it seems like just anecdotally from my years of watching Disney weddings, most of the time it's about 50% of the guest list who shows up. Yes, we actually had an overwhelming response, hence the having to go up from escape to wishes. But we did have about seven people that couldn't go but that gave us room to be able to include like one or two more that wanted to be there we had chose the attic to make sure that the guest list didn't get out of control because we knew that there was a minimum so that gave us a good excuse to not have to invite some people mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the most part everybody that we really wanted there is going to be there we were very lucky That's great. And something that people don't think about, they think, well, I can't invite as many people. But when you have fewer people, you can spend more time with them. So I never felt like I was at one of these weddings where I didn't get to see anybody because I was so busy being the bride. Like I got to talk to every single person at my wedding and spend quality time with them because we had a nice small group. Yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. We are really excited just to have like a nice core group of people, family, really close friends. And it would have been nice if some of the extra people had been able to come. But at least this way, we're able to save the money. That's great. You know, another thing you can do, and that's very popular with destination weddings, is have a reception when you get back for everybody who wasn't able to go. And it doesn't have to be a formal affair where you whip out your ball gown and you get catering. It can be a barbecue or an open house. Like we just opened the house and we had potluck and people came by and it was very casual, but it made them feel like they got to participate in part of our wedding without having to go all the way to Florida. Right. 
So then the number three way to stick to those minimums is, and this is very important, you need to sit down and figure out where you're going to splurge and then make sure that what you're going to splurge on counts toward the minimums. Like for us, we wanted the Magic Kingdom portrait session. That's through Disney. That counted toward the minimums. If you want to have Disney characters or you want to have Cinderella's glass coach, that counts toward the minimums. And then if you're doing floral and decor through Disney, that can also count toward the minimum. So those might be good places to do your splurges and then save on things that wouldn't have counted toward the minimums anyway, like outside photography. You made a good point earlier. You actually realized that even though it wouldn't count toward your minimums, you were still saving so much money by getting an outside photographer that it was worth it. And then it freed up room in your minimum budget to have other things you wanted. Yes, we were able to have, so we're having a caricature artist for the three hours. And because our guest count is so low, we only needed one. And then we actually found ourselves having to add stuff that we weren't thinking we would need, like just to fill the minimum. So we had room to be able to do the iPod setup within the budget for the attic. We added a fifth character. So we're having five characters come to the wedding. Our floral BEO is only $622. So (laughs) that saved quite a bit of room to be able to do a lot of the fun stuff. And then the only other real extra thing that we did was the transportation because a lot of our guests were just staying at, we're actually kind of bouncing around quite a bit, but we, the majority of the time we're spending at All Star Music, we were able to book it around the free dining and we just got one way vans back and forth from all-star music to the boardwalk and then that pretty much took up all of our minimum yeah and that's a great tip i always like to share with people if you have say less than maybe 35 or 40 guests you do not need a chartered motor coach to get them all around you can use one-way vans they're only 40 dollars each time you use them and they're so much cheaper yes when we started talking about the transportation, she had started initially saying like charter. And then she actually brought up doing one ways because we had so few people as a treat for my bridesmaids, because we're at Seabreeze point, I actually booked a room. One of the things about our wedding is we actually opted out of doing the room block because we knew we were planning around the free dining and that package So no one was going to be using the discounts anyway. So we just took out the whole stress of doing the room block. But they still let you use the discounts at the hotel. So I was able to book a room at the boardwalk and could join it with our free night. So myself and my girls are staying at a room at the boardwalk the night before the wedding. And then Jamie and I will be staying at the boardwalk the night of the wedding using our complimentary night and then going back to our original room later, but they still gave it to me at the discounted rate of, I think it was 268. And so how are you getting a free night if you haven't set up a room block? They, as long as you do the minimum 25 nights, you still get it. Yeah. I see. So you gave them your guests reservation numbers and yours. Ah. Because even if you don't set one up, you still have to have the minimum 25 nights. They just don't set aside the rooms, right? It's all up to you. So if they ran out of rooms at All Star Music, too bad. We just didn't bother filling out the form because we knew for the most part, nobody was going to use it. And we were right. Because as soon as the free dining opened up, 
everybody that was staying on property had booked within three days. Wow. We planned a lot before, but it worked out in our favor. And you see so many like couples and women stressing about the room block and needing to know how many. But if you're not having a lot of people, it's not really necessary to do it unless you're really looking for those discounts. Right, right. Yeah. And sometimes the discounts that are available to the general public are better. So yeah, we still had a room coordinator. He still gave us our summary at like six months and three months and down the line, but we just didn't actually have the room block set up. So I'm sure it was the exact same scenario as someone who had a room block. We just didn't bother filling out the form of how many nights do you want at this hotel and how many nights do you want at this hotel? Okay, cool. And then number four, another way that you can keep your budget low is to customize your menu and your drinks. Now, first I should say, especially with traditional wishes, now that the food and beverage minimums are so high for those, you do have to spend $125 per person. But if you're a foodie and you want some really expensive food and you don't want to eat up that $125 per person with drinks, this is a great opportunity to do bill on consumption. You can also customize the menus. So I think a lot of people get the menus that the planners send and they think that's all there is. But those are really just to get you started and to give you an idea of how much certain types of things cost. Disney will completely customize a menu for you. If you tell them, I only want to spend $100 of my food and beverage minimum on food, what can you do for $100 that is in this theme or featuring these items or has this flavor? the chef can come up with something for you that fits in your budget. Yeah, we put out a bunch of stuff that we wanted to try. We knew we didn't really want anything heavy for brunch, so we completely stayed away from like beef and steak, and maybe that saved us some money in the long run. But we just kind of jumped with two feet in at the planning session and tried all the food and recreated a menu, and they sent it back to us, and we got everything for $75 per guest. And we have stuff for the cocktail hour, and we have a full lineup of great food that tastes awesome, but it's a good mix of breakfast and lunch. We just chose chicken and mahi-mahi, and I assume that maybe saved us the money, but our actual menu itself was a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. Right. And you make a good point that because you are forced to do breakfast or brunch, by the very nature of those meals, the traditional things that you serve at those times are cheaper than what you serve at dinner. Now, if you absolutely had your heart set on pizza for your brunch, they're going to make you pizza. Don't worry about that. You don't have to order breakfast or brunch food. But if you're into breakfast or brunch, it's a great way to save money. Yes, definitely. We were able to have salad. We had roasted potatoes sausage links. We're having an egg cookery station for create your own omelets. And then as far as proteins, we're having grilled chicken breasts with citrus and basil butter and pan seared mahi mahi with the lemoncello butter sauce. And for breakfast, we're having wild berry and Grand Marnier cream cheese crepes with vanilla bean sauce and mandarin oranges. So it all sounds delicious and fancy. It's just lunch food. Yeah. And I love that because you would never know just by what you've told me so far about your wedding, the kind of food you're having, all the entertainment you're having, that this was a quote unquote budget wedding. I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was quite impressed. And I think one of the things I was happiest about was 
when we went in for the planning session, and I know that some people really like to be in control and want to be every part of it. I just full on trusted Disney. There were some things that I had been a little disappointed about, but overall, like we knew going in that it's a Disney wedding. They can change their mind up till six months before things can change, but I just full on trusted them. I did what they told me and I went above and beyond. I said everything that we even thought about having in the planning session and she knew that we were trying to stick lower, my planner, but she never made us feel like we were being cheap. She said everything we were planning sounded great. It was all within theme. We just didn't really have any big elaborate ideas. It appears to me that they have planned an incredible wedding for us and I can't wait to see it. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And then one last thing on this subject before I move on is the cake counts. So when you're adding up, you know, how much you're going to spend on the food, how much you're going to spend on the booze, how much you're going to spend on cake also counts toward that per person minimum. So don't forget that because otherwise your cake would then take you over the minimum. So they can price out, even though they'll give you like a flat, okay, you want a cake that looks like that, it's going to cost you $800. They can price out how much that is per person so you know how much is applying to your food and beverage minimum. Not an issue in your case though. (laughs) No. And so then the last thing to talk about is, okay, so you want to have a wedding for the bare minimum for wishes, but what if you also want to have a dessert party? Now that a dessert party doesn't count, is there a way to do that? And the way you can do that is you have your reception at a dessert party location. This is going to involve some trade-offs. For example, if you want to have it directly following the ceremony, then you would need to have a later ceremony and that's going to bump up your food and beverage minimums. But you do hear of people doing this where they split up the reception and the ceremony. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, I interviewed the girl who had a wedding at the Boma platform on the safari at Animal Kingdom. And they had a little kind of like snacky thing right after the ceremony, but their actual reception wasn't till later on. So if you're okay with that kind of non-traditional thing, That's a way to have what amounts to a dessert party. I mean, probably going to want to serve something besides desserts, but (laughs) you can have it in front of the fireworks. So that would be how you would get it to meet the minimums. Otherwise, it's going to be a separate expense on top of the minimums. Are you guys doing a dessert party? No, we actually canceled our dessert party. Interesting. Yes, we had found out once I got our BEO that... I had done a lot of research before, and I think that helped me going into the planning session and knowing what I wanted for the lower cost. But we had gone in assuming that the old way was still around where if everybody had their park ticket, that the viewing fee would be taken off because we had booked our dessert party when we signed our initial contract. So it was being done through Disney Fairytale Weddings. And when I'd got the BEO in, it was still on there. And it doesn't seem like $300 for 30 people isn't too bad. But for us as a couple, we just decided that it wasn't worth it. And for those of you who haven't heard about this, uh, since the beginning of the year, instead of allowing you to have guests who already have park admission get into the dessert party for free, Disney's Fairytale Weddings is now charging $10 per guest as a viewing fee regardless of whether they have admission. So that 
can be, as Jessica found out, a big difference. When we have to add an exchange to everything, because we still have to pay for the entire wedding in U.S., so that was a big factor in us wanting to keep it as much to the minimum as possible. So because everything is costing us that much more. So it's not like when we were planning the dessert party that it was, say, $1,200 for renting the site and the food minimums per person, plus in the service fees and then the taxes. And then when you're adding on the $300, and then we have to add on exchange from Canadian to American currency, it just got to the point where although it would be fun and we could realistically do it, we just decided that it was a little too much money for us to spend for that one hour. And I really admire that because I know if it had been me, I would have just been like, damn the expenses, I'll take out a new credit card. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I really admire that you are so true to sticking to your budget that you will give that up and you're going to feel better about it because you'll be financially comfortable with the decisions you made. Yeah, and that saved money for us to contribute either more to the wedding itself or to do a little something extra for our guests because we had actually planned as our favors a big scavenger hunt through Epcot to go around each pavilion and do that. It's something we're really excited for and it gave us a little bit of extra to be able to do something in with that because the drinking and eating around the world is something that we do every time we go to Disney. So we definitely wanted to incorporate that. And then it ended up working in our favor, canceling the dessert party because we can have that much more time going around the world showcase as opposed to, okay, it's 7.45 and we're only in Morocco. We've got to hightail it around to England because our dessert party was originally in the UK lockside. Got it. Okay. It worked out for us. Other people, it might not. I know I was a little bit disappointed that I wasn't going to get the pictures in my dress because that was something that I wanted to do was go back and get the firework pictures. But ultimately, it's going to work out better for the course of the day. And it saved that good chunk of money. Yeah. And, you know, with this new lower wishes minimum for somebody who's willing to have a shorter reception on Tuesday through Thursday, maybe that will save them enough money that then they can afford a dessert party, even though it doesn't count toward the minimums. So, Right. Well, Jessica, this is really great stuff. I really appreciate your sharing your details, all the details of your wedding to help others figure out how they can have a wishes event for the minimum. And I can't wait to hear about how it all turns out. Yes, I'm very excited, and I hope that this helps anybody who's trying to plan on a budget. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's fairy tale weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>